Eye on the Illini, another podcast coming your way. As it's hard to believe, we're already here in mid-April. Larry Smith here with you with Mike Cagley and recapping what is just a wild weekend with uh, Illinois recruiting in both football and basketball. Uh, what a start Illini guy, Mike, um, with football. And let's start with uh, the in-state guy that we know was a target of uh, Coach Bielema when he first took the job, and that's Hank Beatty, the junior uh, out of Rochester, the uh, the speedy wideout, uh, makes his uh, announcement on Saturday for the Illini. Yeah, that's that's big news. Um, it really shows that the plan that um, Coach has for getting uh, in tight with the the recruits and the the high school staff uh, across Illinois. Uh, in terms of, you know, really penetrating the Illinois football prospects uh, is starting to work. You know, here we have a, a player who's, you know, recognized as a uh, all-state performer and the kid can do everything. When you look at the, the stats he puts up as a wide receiver, plus he can play quarterback, gives you some versatility um, and lets you know, just, just from the standpoint of a, a smart football player, if you have the ability to learn two positions um, on offense, that just shows you the intellect that you have there that, that a lot of times people don't even consider. Um, but, you know, you have a guy that we're going up against, you know, Iowa State, Air Force, um, you know, a player who's who's got the ability to come out and, and he's going to catch the passes. He's very refined in his, his skill sets. Um, you know, if you read our uh, article by Steve Sturm, he goes into some of the things that uh, are done by Hank uh, that makes him a good wide receiver. So I'm, I'm excited by that, and it'll be fun to see how he does. It's going to be – by the time he gets here, we'll have a pretty competitive wide receiver core, and um, it, it'll be good. When you have competition like that, that means the team's going to be a better team. Yeah, no question. And we all know that you can't teach speed. Yes, and that's the one thing this uh, that this kid has, and we already know from the spring workouts that um, the wide receiver core is one that needs some attention, that yep. needs an influx of talent, and this is a good place to start here in uh, the coach's first uh, you know ninety hundred days here to get this commitment to start things off as he begins to build the team he wants to see at Memorial Stadium uh, in the future. Uh, he's already had some other commitments. Um, of course, he's had uh, the quarterback, Leary, out of New Jersey. It could be the guy uh, maybe one day throwing passes uh, to Beatty down the yep. line. Uh, and, and the offensive lineman, Okla, as well, out of Wisconsin, uh, the big boy from there coming in. Um, but he got a couple of offensive line commitments this weekend as well. Talk about those. Yeah, we had, um, you know, bottom line is uh, Hunter Whitenack. I mean, when you start looking at, you know, six foot six, six foot seven, 300 plus pounds. Um, this is the type of guy that I guess when we all think of who is Coach Belima going to be recruiting, <laughs> that's what comes to mind. Um, and this this kid is just a um, just a tough, hard nosed football player. This is exactly what you um, this is exactly what you need. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of building the offense and defensive lines. And uh, then you can, you can have some misses at other positions. If you have the line to give a quarterback uh, time, uh, you can make a, a average quarterback look pretty darn good if they've got time back there. And you can make uh, running backs who maybe are only capable of making 
one man miss, well, if you get a big enough hole, that's a pretty good skill set to have if that <laughs> if that has to happen at five yards past the line of scrimmage. So, um, uh, you know, this this uh, this kid is looks spectacular, um, you know, on film uh, should be a lot of fun. Uh, obviously, Clayton Leonard from Iroquois West, another kid that, um, you know, as I go back and I look at different interviews and, and different things that he's done, uh, he was weighing in at like 253, 254 in the fall. And of course, with the new COVID timeline and Illinois high school sports, um, I guess he could have pouted about it and been all upset that he was missing his fall season. But instead, um, I'm seeing now that he weighs 267 and he looks stronger. And the funny thing is, is he's playing even meaner than before. Um, and that, that's what you want in a kid. You got a kid who's going to, you know, take a look at a situation and figure out what he can control and then go out and do it. Um, also like the idea, you know, he seems to have good footwork. Now, I'm not an expert on um, – you know, again, on offensive linemen. And I'll trust more of, you know, Steve Sturm uh, and others here, you know, Brad Sturdy. And we'll have a couple other people coming on to football coverage that are really good as well. But um, what I see early on, you know, we're starting to build that line that Wisconsin was famous for. And um, I'm all for it. I'm, I think it's going to make football watching in Memorial Stadium over the next uh, four to 10 years and maybe even longer, a lot more enjoyable than what we've had the last decade. <laughs> and we look forward to that, those Saturday afternoons and hearing those roars, uh, yes. even as far away as uh, on Neil. You're exactly right. Uh, we should point out that, um, uh, as you know, we're on IlliniGuys.com. Much more in-depth, not just uh, the story coverage, as Mike mentioned, from Brad Sturdy, from uh, Kedrick Prince from Steve Sturm, but also on our message forums. Uh, we enjoy hearing from um, our, our subscribers as well, those in the Illini Guys community, and we invite you to come join us as well as a, a part of that. So, so much more uh, on football that is going on. Again, the, um, uh, the three big commitments over the weekend, uh, one Friday, one Saturday, one Sunday, with uh, much more to come. That's just part of the story. Then on the basketball side what brad underwood has been doing has been simply uh, outstanding uh let's start with the saturday morning announcement mike of uh, alfonso Plummer. we got the word from brad sturdy the IlliniGuys.com insider that Plummer spoke with underwood for about a 40-minute conversation tuesday night 12 hours later he puts on twitter he's going to make his announcement over the weekend and then saturday around uh, uh about noon eastern time or so he pulls the trigger um I really like this pickup for the Illini. Yeah, this this is what you're looking for. Um, you know, you've got a player, you, you know, Coach Underwood said on Sturdy for 30, another one of our Illini guys' sister podcasts, uh, he talked about, you know, you need to be old to win in the NCAA. And so uh, what he took care of this weekend was, uh, you know, you have a heartbeat of fifth-year seniors who have been through a variety of battles and know uh, and, and, and know how important defense is. They know how important taking a smart shot at a key point in time during the game, what a big deal that is. And to have those uh, type of veterans to help coach along the youth on the team is really going to help. And obviously uh, Plummer, 
you know, played Juco ball, had to work his butt off to get into, to get to Utah, um, has had years where he's progressed each year, eight points his junior year, 13 his senior year. So you see somebody who is really used to working for what he wants and then moving forward and accomplishing goals and, and making progress. So I look at this as a really good opportunity. Um, and especially when you look at what he's, you know, his three point percentage over the last couple of years, you know, 42% one year, 38 the next. I mean, that's the type of that, that's what you need. And certainly with Adam Miller's name in the transfer portal, you're looking for a three point threat. And, um, you know, obviously IO going to the NBA, yeah, anything you can do to stretch the floor we saw with Baylor um, is really important to be able to do that. And you've got to make teams come out and then that provides opportunities either for driving or for opportunities, to get the ball inside. And, and, and you know what, you took the words out of my mouth cause I'm, you know, them and I'm a big proponent of international players. I'm a big proponent of guys who are third year, fourth year guys who had to work at it. Um, Listen, one and done, guys, you're talented. God love you. Respect the talent. Respect the game. Respect that you want to get to the NBA today and not tomorrow. I have, I have no problem with that. But what is your, to your point, the last five years, what you're seeing is what Coach Underwood was talking about on the Sturdy for 30 podcast is that you, like you said, you have to be old. Five consecutive champions now, all older teams, the, the Villanova teams, uh, the Carolina team. Um, and Virginia, and then now Baylor, to your point, all guys with veterans, you don't have um, the one and done guys in there. That just is, um, it's just not part of the mix right now. If you're going to go deep um, into uh, college basketball and, and into the final four and, and to a national championship, but something else too, that, that Brad Sturdy mentioned in our conversations, and I'm sure we'll discuss uh, on the Sturdy for 30 podcast is that one skill that Plummer has is that he can actually, he's a guy who can come off the screen and hit threes. And the one guy we had that perhaps was Frazier, maybe Io. There wasn't a lot of that. And if you've got that as part of your game where you're going to do that pick and roll, you now create a situation where if it's Kofi Coburn, if it is Omar Payne, if it's Coleman Hawkins or a player yet to be determined. Um, now, if you're going to, if that big is going to stay home and try to defend that, you've got the roll guy you can hit. Uh, or again, if you're effective coming off that screen, hit that, uh, you know, hit that three-pointer on the move before your, your defender um, can come around and, and can, uh, uh, can adjust and get to you. So he brings a skill set, a work ethic that's part of this lunch pail, everyday guys mentality that, uh, that Coach Underwood is putting together. Um, some critics may say he's 6'1", 6'2", it's a, it's a small shooting guard. Yeah, you're not going to have him at a Frazier and a Corbello on the court at the same time. You've got the big guards coming in as freshmen behind you, the 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six guards. Um, I think there's everything good about this. He grades out well defensively, and I think, he, to your point, he's a perfect fit. Um, a native of Puerto Rico, an international player, four-year player. You mentioned Juco Ball. He's a great fit for the culture of this team. Yeah, and, and I, I think it's really hard to overstate, um, you know, when you're coaching a team and you're asking a big man to hedge um, out – uh, and make sure that you can, you can, you know, when you're hedging, you're going to try to dissuade the guard on the pick and roll from, or the ball handler from shooting from outside. 
if you have somebody who's a legitimate threat to pop that three, that means that the hedge man has to come out an extra step, maybe two steps to prevent that shot. Cause you got to get a hand up and that opens up the roll on the backside because typically the hedge man's just going to kind of put a hand forward a little bit and then drop back and try to prevent the pick and roll. But if he's got to go out and overextend himself to guard the shooter, that opens up the bounce pass for the uh, roll man. Um, and you take a look at uh, Omar Payne's uh, abilities on pick and roll. They really are good. He's not a, he's not a great offensive player, but he does shine on getting up and down the court, uh, uh, getting the offensive rebound, you know, putbacks. And he also is very good in pick and roll situations. Yeah. So you're going to put a lot of pressure on the opposing bigs if you can shoot like that. And obviously um, with Podzinski, uh, he's going to put a lot of pressure on a lot of people because he doesn't have, I mean, basically he's got to be able to see the basket to be able to shoot it with his range. Um, and, and he's going to hurt a lot of people with that. Um, so as you, as you watch what coach uh, and the staff is putting together, they are really kind of taking a look at some of the difficulties that they had this year and some of the, the, the parts of the game of basketball that maybe gave them challenges. And they're taking pieces that can do that and incorporating it onto the team. Um, that's a dynamic, a dynamic way to build the team. And then when you add the fact, what we were going to talk about next, Trent Frazier saying that he's coming back again, you add that, you add that age, that experience, and you've got a player who can, can score. Um, and you got a player who, who may be one of the favorites for the big 10 player, uh, or excuse me, defensive player of the year next year. And, that is also a message that plays very loudly and very clearly with the younger players when they see a fifth-year uh, player, again, just like Plummer has good um, measurables on the advanced metrics on defense. You got two players who've been here five, you know, who are fifth-year players who are going to do, you know, give everything they have on the defensive end. That type of approach is contagious. Just like uh, players taking – possessions off on defense and playing with low intensity on defense, that's contagious as well. And I think we've got leadership that recognizes that on the court, you have to do that. You can't just have the staff screaming from the bench to play hard defense. You got to have the players out there that have that same mentality and will drag other players along. Um, so having Trent with his unique set of skills uh, along with Plummer is a big deal. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And one thing I meant to mention earlier that um, I think is kind of a fun fact, um, Illinois, it appears, will have more players from Puerto Rico than from Illinois. <laughs> on this coming roster, when you count in uh, R.J. Melendez coming in, of course, uh, Andre Carbello. So um, I think that's a lot of fun with these three guys there. And you mentioned Frazier was the other announcement. Later in the day, he did his commitment video um, saying he's going to take advantage of the free COVID year and come back. I mean, he played all four years, became a starter midway through his freshman year. Um, and as we wrote on IlliniGuys.com, he has a chance to be in the top 10 in eight different categories um, in Illinois history. He'd like to be a 2,000-point scorer and join Deion Thomas as the only uh, players to do that. He'd have to have a fantastic year to get there. He'd have to average about 16 points a game uh, to get to 2,000. 
Um, his career high is at 13 and change. I think his sophomore year, if I'm not mistaken. So um, that's going to take a lot considering uh, the players you have on this team. He may not get there, but uh, he could definitely get top five in scoring. And like you said, he's going to add a lot of leadership and, and just the veteran presence of continuing that kind of mentality that was started by Georgie and Io uh, three years ago and continues now with Corbello, with Kofi. Uh, if, assuming Kofi's going to return, we'll see. We'll talk about that in a moment. Um, he's he's going to continue that. And what a great legacy to leave for all these other younger players coming in to teach them the Illinois way, if you will, uh, that we've become used to here in these past couple of years. I love that Trent is back. I hope that uh, DeMonte still comes back. We're hearing that probably about a 90% chance he's going to return. Uh, yep. So again, doesn't cost Illinois a scholarship. Um, so we know what, what Trent brings. We know what uh, Plummer brings. A couple of left-handed shooters as well. Same with uh, Pajemski. So a little different uh, wrinkle there in terms of maybe how you defend those guys. Um, let's talk about some of the guys that, because as of right now, um, you know, Kofi, you've got to leave a spot open for him as he explores the NBA draft waters. So right now, all 13 scholarships are taken. Um, but there's still some talk that Adam Miller would like to leave the transfer portal and return to uh, portal, return to the orange and blue. We'll see if that happens. That's still a possibility. You still want to bring in a forward like a Trey Mitchell. Um, there's some talk of a, a wow power forward out there that, that may be in the mix if things fall a certain way. You'd like to leave a spot open, a scholarship open going into the school year for a, a Matty Traore in case he reclassifies and comes in in December. Um, so a lot of decisions still for this Illinois team and for Brad Underwood and his staff. Yeah, this, this is a kind of uncharted territory, you know, trying to figure out how you put together a roster um, when you have the transfer portal being such a big deal um, and having such a, such a, a wealth of, of talented players in it. Um, and, I, and I know that, that you know, again, you know, if a player like Trey Mitchell, who's in the portal, let's say he does come to Illinois, he brings a lot of experience uh, to the team, uh, you know, leading, you know, leading a team and, and being a, a, the man, so to speak, where he was at. Um, and, and that would be a good thing. Certainly Kofi's in a similar position to what he was in last year. Um, he's going to go get some uh, real feedback from NBA from the NBA on what they think, and that can be a harsh thing uh, for fans out there. You know, the the third or the last player on an NBA bench is probably the best basketball player you've ever seen if you actually were to watch them show their skills. Um, and so, in the end, um, you know, Kofi will get a list of what he needs to do to improve his draft stock and the way I look at it is there's 30 GMs 30 owners um, if one of them were to commit to Kofi hey you know we're going to take you in the first round uh, particularly the higher part of the first round that makes it awfully hard for him to come back to Illinois and and again uh, very much like Myers Leonard you wish him all the luck in the world because that's such a great deal that no person would turn that down that being said, he's in a similar position to last year. He has um, almost no mock drafts have him taken, and I think I've only seen one. Not that there aren't millions out there, but I think I've only seen one by a group that I had never heard of that had him going in the first round. 
So, you know, the, the reality is, is Kofi may be in a position where he comes back next year and he might be the odds on favorite or one of the top two or three for player of the year in a very similar position to IO. Now we see IO going in uh, the middle of the first round in most of the uh, mock drafts. That's a good place to be. And maybe that's the best way for Kofi. I can tell you, you know, taking a look at what coach Antigua has been able to do with bigs over the years, you've got a coach who has the ability to uh, get people um, noticed and improve their skill sets um, and get into the NBA. So I personally would love to see uh, coach Antigua get an off season with him. And then you also look at the uh, training, you know, and Fletch is, it, it, Fletch is nationwide in his um, uh, ability to, uh, you know, he's known across the country for his ability to keep players in shape and transform their bodies. So um, to me, there's a lot for Kofi to gain by coming back to Illinois for a year but we're right where we were last year, you know, when he said he was going pro and when the decision's made, we will know whether he is or he isn't. And until then, um, Illinois fans are going to feel like we're walking on eggshells because we understand what it's like to have a Kofi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think something I put on the Illini guys uh, message for him Sunday morning was this is a, it's, it's now a waiting game. Uh, Brad Underwood in the last uh, 30 days has added two, class at 22 um but you know they're going to wind up as four-star guards and reggie bass um and then uh, aj store uh the kid who's out of kankakee who's now playing out west of prep school and uh brad sturdy says probably headed to img next year for um the year waiting for uh, 22 to come around and come here uh, he adds omar Payne, the center 610 transfer from florida he adds uh, brandon Przimski, the wisconsin player of the year the 65 uh, shooting star, first player ever to score 2,000 points in only three years in the state of Wisconsin. And then, of course, he adds uh, the plumber kid from Utah. So that's all in only 30 days. It's been a very, very, very fast process. Now comes the waiting game to your yes. point. Kofi's not going to make a decision until at the very earliest, early July. And you really you won't be able to fit in for the most part, the other pieces to this puzzle until you know what Kofi is going to do. So for Illinois fans, it is, um, you know, your daily dose of, of patience, um, whatever that is, long walks in the park, bike rides with your family, whatever it is, um, sit back and just be patient because we really don't know how a lot of these pieces are going to fall into place um, and, until Kofi makes this decision. Yeah. And, and I would throw out something too, because um, Reggie Bass and AJ store are, Criminally is the wrong word, but they're criminally underrated. Um, if, if anybody has a subscription to Baller TV, um, if you watch these guys play, <laughs> these are not top 100 players. These are top 60 players and, and maybe better. Let's see how they compete. But these guys are physically, um, they're just bigger, faster, stronger and they also have the ability to, to play basketball on top of it all. And they're hard-nosed players. So you're seeing Underwood as he's, you know, as he got here, you know, we had some of the softer people kind of exit for the other teams early on in his tenure. Um, and you're seeing this 
buildup of guys who are lunch pail guys, everyday guys, guys who are going to sit down and, and buckle down and work. And when I look at these two kids, um, you know, coming in next year, these are guys that have the, the, the lunch pail ethic, but with the big time talent. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if AJ ends up a five-star um, just based on the amount of attention he gets. And this is not to knock Reggie Bass at all, but he's just not, he's not getting, he's not going to get the attention that AJ gets. But when, when I watch AJ store play, it, it made me really interested because he's tough. You can just see that the way he, he's a hard nosed competitor. Well, then I look back into his past and, you know, he played football up all the way through eighth grade and um, played multiple positions um, played both ways. Um, and you can tell that, that little bit of that kind of football mentality and how he plays basketball and how he approaches it. And then Bass, you know, he looks like a guy that on defense kind of reminded me kind of a little bit of a flashback. I know it's hard to compare games and eras, a little bit of that Steven Bardo. I'm going to make sure you don't score. Um, so it, it is very interesting. You know, when you look at those, you know, the number of commits that, that that the staff has gotten in the last month is impressive. And maybe we'll see, you know, maybe we'll be fortunate enough to see a Trey Mitchell jump on board earlier rather than later. Um, it, but, but a line I find is going to have to be patient and you're going to have to be realistic. You know, every month is not going to be five new, <laughs> five new <laughs> players, you know what I mean? So, so you have to be realistic. Now the team, the, the staff has done its work here early in the off season and now from now on, it's a little bit more nuanced and it's going to be a little bit higher stakes game as we progress to finalize that roster. And it was great to hear again, another plug on Sturdy for 30, the Coach Underwood edition, which has been hit a ton of times. But if you haven't listened, listen now. But um, the bottom line is, is he talks about how they're having to change how they approach things due to the transfer portal. And when you see this number of commitments in a month, that tells you it's not just lip service. They are taking a plan and they are executing a plan and they're doing it at a high level. Let's hope they continue that so that at the end of the summer, we're all extremely happy. There is a chance, and I'm not saying it's this is a given by any stretch of the imagination, but there is a chance that this team could be stronger going into next year than it was going into last year. That is on the coaching staff to even get into position to even say that. And, you know, when the coaching staff struggles, we'll complain. We whined about the Loyola game. Um, but when they do well, you also have to be there and give fair, fair, you know, uh, fair acknowledgement of it because they, they really have um, figured out this portal. And I think they're playing that game better than a lot of the staffs in the Big Ten are. Yeah, I think they are too. Uh, and you look at the way they've done things because right now, aside from potentially a Trey Mitchell, I think we can argue that he's probably right now the number one target that they have in the portal. Although Adam Miller, your own guy in there, maybe another guy, but there's some others too that may come up as, this, as the summer goes on. But to your point, they've set themselves up right now to where they've got a roster um, that's a top 25 roster right now. If Kofi comes back, you jump into the top 10, even maybe the top five, and you're at a position of strength now where now you're just looking to strengthen 
certain positions within, and you can be much more, as you said a moment ago, selective in, in who you take. Um, and that's a great place to be. Um, what we're two weeks removed from the national title game, um, four weeks removed from when Illinois exited uh, the tournament. That's uh, that's yeoman's work in a very short amount of time, uh, what they've done. And to your point, you are going to see a, a change in the way these things are done because of the way the rules are. This transfer rules now, these transfer rules, is it's, it's changing to where players have a one-time transfer with no penalty. So you can transfer once and not have to set out a redshirt year. Um, that's an advantage because you can get a, a more veteran player and know that they're going to be there for the rest of their careers, very likely. Whereas if you take a player out of high school, they can still walk away after a year at any time. So that is going to change in terms of you're exactly right. I think you'll see fewer um, scholarship offers going out to these high school players and fewer high school players taken overall by the Illini and some other teams are going to take this and they're going to work the transfer portal instead. So we're going to see a shift and it's happening right now. This is kind of maybe not as wild as this. This is the wild, wild West with over 1200 kids in the portal, but that this is a little bit more the norm, the way that we're going to see some things, a lot more kids uh, moving moving uh, schools, changing schools every year. Yeah, and I think I think the era of the developmental project is probably over. Um, what you will see is, you know, the especially for the big guys, you know, the the big center that you're going to, you know, let's just use the name Samba Kane, you know, that you're going to hopefully, you know, you're going to have him on your your team for three roster years and one of them's a red shirt. And then they play as a red shirt junior and a red shirt senior. I, I'm maybe I'll be proven wrong on this. And five years from now, somebody's going to play this recording and they, they put it next to all the other things I was wrong on. But I think that for the most part, I think a lot of those, those guys developmental projects will be pushed down a level and they'll be playing at ISU or, or, uh, or I should say Illinois state university or Western Illinois and they'll be developing there. And then when it's like, oh, this guy's really good, those guys will get into the portal and then they'll finish their career at an Illinois. So a team like Illinois or a Big Ten team, you know, let's say Michigan State, Michigan, you know, you pick who you want. Um, they will pick up guys like that for their final two years and they won't have to hide them on the roster for three years and keep you know, the fans going, well, I think he's good. I think he's good. Um, and, and I will tell you, that will be a sea change uh, difference for coaches like Coach Izzo, who seems to find a fifth-year senior that is just unbelievably talented that hasn't been able to see the court for the last four years, and now he's going to destroy you in that fifth year. It's going to be interesting to see how Coach Izzo handles that because that's just a different way than he has approached it. And the other thing is with the transfer portal, you know, will Kentucky and Duke, who kind of played the the five-star freshman game, will they get out of that? Because it had, it really hasn't worked for either of them to any degree. Um, and, you know, if, if, if you can't win it, you know, with some of the guys they've had the last four or five years, maybe it just isn't something that's going to get won. I mean, AD, you know, uh, AD's victory with Kentucky may stand like Carmelo uh, with Syracuse as just kind of a one-off that happened. And it happened as much for those players being great, but also having a set of circumstances around college basketball that 
also contributed. And I'm thinking that the whole, the best coaches are going to be the ones who analyze how they going to, how are we going to handle this and what changes, what do I do different um, to get better results? And that's where I think um, Underwood's just not satisfied and he wants to get better and better. And I think that mindset will help as you're trying to walk through the, the, how to do this. And it's not going to be perfect, but um, you know, it may take a year or two, but I, I, I think we got the right, group of coaches to figure out how it's going to work for Illinois. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Because when you think about it, um, 2012 was Kentucky's last title with Anthony Davis. Um, he was helped by the class before him staying in school because of the NBA lockout. Those guys were all concerned that if they turn pro after one year at Kentucky, then they would have nowhere to go and wouldn't, there would be no NBA. And, and so therefore they stayed in school. He was uh, no, Look, he's a gener- once in a generational player. I mean, we, we know his talents were unbelievable, but he also was helped by some really good veteran players around him. Um, yep. We're coming up on 10 years ago. That's almost a decade ago since that happened. Um, the next one was Duke and when they went in 2015 with Okafor and with Jones. So you had two um, top players. I believe that Justice Winslow also was a small forward on that team. So uh, that's three top level, if I'm correct. Uh, one and done guys. We haven't had any since then. Uh, right. Hasn't been a one and done guy made since then. In fact, after that time, only one coach has won multiple titles, and that's Jay Wright, who plays the game of bringing the guys in, the four star guys, and have them develop all the way through. Uh, Jalen Brunson had an outstanding career. He's the rare player, maybe the last player with two NCAA championship rings. We may never see that again uh, in college basketball, yep. the, the way things are going. But to your point, it's a, it's a shift in philosophy, and um, it'll be interesting to see as uh, some of these coaches retire. Roy Williams, um, you know, certainly misplayed the Walker-Kessler situation and loses a top 15 five-star center as a result. Um, he leaves Carolina and goes to Auburn. Um, he retires. Uh, Mike Krzyzewski's in his uh, mid-70s. Jim Beheim's in his mid-70s. So we're about to lose some of these these older uh, coaches and some other guys coming in. So there is a shift in philosophy. We'll just kind of see uh, how that's going to change. Um, Mike, what are your final thoughts here on this edition of Eye on the Illini as we wrap things up? Uh, I will just say it's been a – when I look at what's going on, um, when I, you know, look at the recruiting that I'm seeing going on, I had the opportunity to talk to, you know, a little bit with some of the basketball staff um, this week. Uh, you and I were up in – you know, champagne um, meeting with folks at the university. I, I really feel like um, Josh Whitman has got the two coaches in place that you need. And I, you know, maybe this is a homerism coming, but it, it feels very similar to how we felt when we had Henson and White in place in the 80s. You really feel like you've got um, two coaches who are very good at what they do. And they have solid, this football staff, for example, is the best staff probably maybe of my lifetime. Certainly you got to go back to Makovic or White yeah. era, you know, sure. um, 80s. you see a strong staff on the basketball, you know, side as well. You know, Orlando Antigua is a guy who, when I meet him, you talk to him. I mean, you're thinking head coaching material, you know, um, uh, Gentry is, you know, very highly thought of coming, you know, he's obviously worked with uh, Underwood in the past, been at Gonzaga, 
you know, Chin has extensive contacts. You know, you've got a, you've got a, you've got solid staff on both sides. You got the two head coaches that seem to have a plan and know how to stick to a plan, but they don't have the pride that they will drive it off the road. They will adjust based on the facts on the ground. And so I feel like we're right on the edge of uh, an Illini renaissance and that will be fun. And of course, if there is an Illini renaissance, whether you live in Champaign or Chicago, halfway across the country or halfway across the world, you need to be subscribed to IlliniGuys.com so that you can get all the information you need to maximize your enjoyment of a peak time for Illinois sports. But that's just me speaking. <laughs> You're exactly right. You know, and a couple things about the, the coaches. Um, there are two things. One, um, I feel like these coaches have these two programs relevant on a national stage. Football, not yet. There's a long way to go there. Um, but you're going into other places. Uh, so like Ron Zook did, you're on the East Coast and getting – uh, taking some kids out of the East Coast, as you did with, uh, with Donovan Leary, um, that those schools wanted. And you came in and made some phone calls and made that happen, made some visits. Um, and, of course, the same with Brad Underwood. You know, I mean, he wants to recruit Chicago every chance that he can, but he won't be held hostage by Chicago. If you don't want your kids to come here, we'll go to New York. We'll go to Puerto Rico. We'll go to Belgium. Uh, we'll go to the Republic of Georgia. You know, we'll go to California. We'll, we'll go to Florida. We'll, we'll go other places to get the players that we want and, and to build this. And I also, I think we have two head coaches who plan to be here for the long haul. Um, Brad Underwood, and I wrote about this on IlliniGuys.com, from the beginning talked about um, the glory days of Illinois basketball, walking into what was then called Assembly Hall and the energy, yep. um, you know, just, you know, shooting through the roof and a top 25 program on the floor and everyone wearing orange and the emotions of that, that, and he said it in a way that only you can appreciate if you've actually experienced that. And he has experienced that. Uh, Brett Bielema is building a home here. He's not just coming in and going to buy a place. And I mean, he plans on, this is, these are roots. He's a, he's a father now. And I think would like to, you know, see his, uh, his children, you know, go to the same schools uh, all the way through and not bounce around. So we have some coaches I think would like to be here for a long time or invested in the long-term success. They don't see this as a stepping stone elsewhere. Doesn't mean they won't leave, but that's not their goal right now to try to do that. So, uh, and speaking of not leaving, you're right. Illiniguys.com. We have been here for three months and we have seen some amazing growth in these three months. Um, ask your friends what they think. Uh, everyone that has come on board really enjoys um, the content that we bring. We've got Brad Sturdy, who is the ultimate Illini insider. Uh, there's nobody better who's been covering the Illini for more than 15 years. Uh, he's full-time on our staff, one of our co-founders. Um, and we have a lot of fun with doing giveaways, too. We've already had a giveaway of three nights at a Maui resort. We just uh, uh, put up $1,300 on the table for an NCAA bracket challenge and then redemption pool because so many people took Illinois and that didn't happen for them. So we make sure we had some fun. I got a chance to keep yep. competing with that. Uh, right now we're doing a giveaway for some free, uh, four free Cubs Cardinals tickets at Wrigley field behind home plate for later this summer. That's a giveaway for all Illiniguys.com paid members and also uh, doing a, a friends thing. So if you've got a friend who wants to come in, uh, get them to come on board. Once they join, uh, you get a chance to get a free month as well. And the competition, whoever does the most of those, 
kinds of transactions. It's a free year membership. So we are fast growing for a reason. Uh, we're thrilled that we're respected by uh, the university, the coaches, and all the fans as well. And we're just getting started. Yep. It's, uh, it's, it's a fun trip. And certainly if you have a, if you know, if you're an Illini guys member and you have friends who are huge Illini fans, um, you know, talk them into it, give them, give them an opportunity. They get seven days to knock around, kick the tires, see what they like it. Um, that seven day guarantee is always there. And if you're listening to this podcast and you're an Illini fan, you want to have a place that's kind of fun to go to, please uh, join up and go to the forums. It's a great community. There's a lot of information that gets shared and there's a lot of crazy people. And um, it's just a fun place to spend some time and post back and forth. And you can always get in. If you want to get into an argument, the easiest thing to do is say the 89 team will beat the 05 team or the 05 <laughs> team will beat the 89 team. And if you really want to get people uh, fired up on the board, just say that last year's team, despite its challenge in the first round, could beat either of those two because they have a Kofi. Um, it's it's always fun. To, it's <laughs> like it's like basically being at the barber shop or at the bar back in the old days before the internet. You can sit down and talk, and everybody knows sports, so there's always an opinion. Some are crazy, some aren't, and it's usually a lot of fun to share them. <laughs> And, uh, and fairly innocuous, too, which is true. Hey, one story I'm going to share before we before let you go. Here's how much fun the Illini guys' experience has been. So last week, uh, we get an email from a guy who says, hey, I came in and tried the seven-day trial. And, uh, you know, I subscribe to other sites still. I'm still members over there. Um, I need to cancel. I, I don't want to pay a $99 fee for another, another yearly experience. We're nice guys here. We just said, hey, no problem at all. We'll, 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 we'll cancel you out, and thanks for coming on. Hopefully, you'll join us again later on. We go back in the next day and we see the guy is in. So I sent him an email and I said, Hey, I'm sorry. Did we somehow charge you for, uh, I, I, you know, we, we don't, we don't want to, we don't want to charge you for a service you don't want. He responds. He said, I, I couldn't walk away. The content here is too good. <laughs> so I, I reverse it again. And I went on and paid my $99. So that's an example of, uh, of how much fun we have and, uh, and the really good content. We don't, it's not just us that we think so. Um, we've got several hundred people, like I said, just a, just three months that, uh, that agree as well. So, yep. um, well, Hey, we'll wrap it up there. It has been a busy, busy, crazy week. And we want, again, as we leave you say, be patient, good things are coming. Uh, but, but it's, it's going to take some time right now to, to wait and let things play out here this summer, uh, for Illini guy, Mike, and uh, everyone else involved with Illini I'm Illini guy, Larry, this is I on the Illini and we'll see you next time. Go Illini.